Welcome to the podcast of Fairmount Presbyterian Church in Cleveland Heights, Ohio, where we feature our worship sermons. Listen again to past sermons from home, when you are traveling, or wherever you are. Listen in if you need a moment of reflection, inspiration, and love. Notice how the lilies grow. They don't wear themselves out with work. They don't spin cloth. But I say to you that even Solomon in all his splendor wasn't dressed like one of these. If God dresses grass in the field so beautifully, even though it's alive today and tomorrow it's thrown into the furnace, how much more will God do for you, you people of weak faith? Don't chase after what you will eat and what you will drink. Stop worrying. All the nations of the world long for these things. Your father knows that you need them. Instead, desire his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God around us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. Well, I have three things for the younger listeners today to be listening for. The first is I'd like to challenge you to come up with a would you rather for me. If you don't know what that means, you'll find out in just a moment. So would you rather? The second, what is a strategy that Jesus gives us for when we're worried? And a hint is not eating ice cream, though that sounds so delicious. And three, when we trust in God with our whole heart, what happens to our bones? So three things to be listening for. Well, two weeks ago, we were driving the kids to what I've been affectionately calling stay-away camp. But I've been told it's actually called sleepover camp. As we made the drive, our boys found this game in the backseat of our car that's a stack of cards with questions on them to demonstrate how well you know each other. Questions like, what did I do on my last birthday? And what are the names of my parents? Well, we had gone through of those cards and we stopped for gas and Oliver my younger son and I were left in the car and he switched up the game mom ask me a would you rather for the record would you rather isn't actually my favorite game because I hate making decisions and he knows that which is why I think he was like ask me a would you rather so uh, would you rather go to school every day or go to church every day Yeah, I I clearly didn't think that one through when I asked it. But anyway, the question was out there. Would you rather go to school or church every day? And Oliver thought about it for a few moments and said, school. When I asked why, he said, because we always talk about sad stuff at church. Right at that moment, Max and Tim got back in the car, and the opportunity for follow-up questions was lost in the excitement of getting to camp. But that response has stayed with me. I've always had a complicated relationship with these words from Jesus that we just heard. I mean, I don't want to toot my own horn, but I am an A-plus worrier. I'm sure there are other A-plus worriers in the room at, at home online. And I'm pretty annoyed that Jesus doesn't think that worrying is one of the spiritual gifts that God has given us to cultivate and nurture. In fact, Jesus says, stop doing it. 
Now, you can hear these words as Jesus being frustrated with humankind. Look at the lilies of the field. Why do you assume that God cares less about you than those flowers? You have weak faith. Get it together. Over the years, I've heard a few sermons like that and read some books that talk about this passage from the point of view of exasperated Jesus. And I felt a lot of shame about how my brain works and a lot of frustration that I can't just stop worrying. If it was easy to do, I'd have done it. But I think Jesus' tone here is not one of exasperation. Now, for the kids here today who might not know what the word exasperation means, it's like when your mom or dad says to you, could you please put on your shoes and get in the car? That's exasperation. It's also the tone you might use when you say something like, but mom, I can't go to sleep. My toe itches and I have to dance and the sun is still out. Exasperation. I don't think Jesus is communicating exasperation here. Instead, I think Jesus has been listening and noticing the ways in which his disciples and those around him could get caught in worry that's not helpful or productive. And whatever he's said or demonstrated about this hasn't clicked with everyone. So I've come to imagine this passage as Jesus saying, okay, let's take this a different way. Here's an idea for another coping strategy. When you find yourself caught in unnecessary worry, go outside. Look at the flowers. Then look at the birds. And when you do that, remember that God loves you just as much, if not more, than all of those beautiful creations. Take a breath and know that we, me, God, and the Holy Spirit, know that you are human and that your faith needs to be supported and nurtured. We're here for you, but there's also work that you need to do. I don't remember the last time it didn't feel like we as a local, national, or global community were just jumping from major crisis to major crisis. And each of these crises feels like a thing that should be talked about. That to not mention and try to process and make meaning of these situations and issues in the context of church and theological conversation would be a misstep. As a white, progressive female pastor who is committed to trying to center the voices and experiences of those from the margin, I don't want to misstep. One of the reasons I'm a pastor is because I understand church, and that's Monday through Saturday experiences and conversations, as well as Sunday morning worship. I understand it to be a community and a place in where, where we live in the framework of weeping with those who weep and rejoicing with those who rejoice. Church is a place where we can bring the hard and sad stuff and talk about it in a way that is not possible anywhere else. From an early age, I've been aware that spaces of real authenticity and vulnerability are hard to come by. And my sense of call to ministry, and we're talking starting in ninth grade confirmation class, that call has been and continues to be to help create, maintain, and nurture these kinds of communities and conversations. I believe that without this, we're not living into what we say we want, God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. 
The catch, however, is that my brain, maybe yours too, is prone to worry spirals. And once I get in one, it's real hard to get out. And when it feels like the world is on fire, it can be hard to have any hope. I was in one of these worry spirals one day during spiritual direction, and my spiritual director stopped me and said, what do you think Jesus would say to you? That's a good question for today. In this moment in your life with the relationships and questions and worries that are unique to you, combined with the relationships and questions and worries that are a part of our lives together, what do you think Jesus would say to you? Based on my study and understanding of Jesus' words and actions and the arc of his ministry, I think Jesus would say something like, there's a lot going on. There is always going to be a lot going on. I need you to be aware of the places and circumstances in which there is injustice because I need you to use your voice and your resources to correct those wrongs externally and internally. I need you to walk with people through the tender moments of their lives and offer them grace and care. That is what following me means. But I know that's a lot. It's a lot for me too. You also need to tend to your own grief and joy because if you don't, if you never rest, if you never stop and just breathe, if you forget to be still and know that I am God, you're not actually going to affect any of the change that you want to see or be the person you so long to be. So slow down. Go outside. Look at a flower. Look at the birds of the air. Obviously, you, Lindsay, should go look at the whales. But take a breath. Take a breath and let yourself remember that God is near. There is beauty and wonder and joy in this world, and you and all of humanity are a part of that. Remember my instructions. Let your heart hold on to my commands because they will help you to live and they'll provide you with well-being. When you trust in God with all of your heart rather than relying only on your own brain, then you will be healthy and your bones will be strengthened. And you'll be able to keep working to change the world so that it can be more like the kingdom God wants for all of us. So I wonder, what wisdom might Jesus be offering you? Friends, when we cling to God, when we remember God's instructions, when the words of Jesus become written on our hearts, we are much better equipped to face and to hold and to talk about and fight the injustice and grief and pain that we experience in our lives and in this world. And it takes community and perhaps therapy and medication too, along with Jesus, to help us trust that there is hope for our lives and for the world. So friends, go. Notice how the lilies grow. Hallelujah and amen. We thank you for listening to a worship episode from Fairmount Presbyterian Church. 
Revisit this podcast site weekly for new worship episodes. Have a beautiful and blessed day.